The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 9, episode 23. This is Writing Excuses, world building without breaking viewpoint. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. And I'm Howard. And we're going to be talking about viewpoint. Now, this came from a question from a fan um, that they wanted to know specifically how you can use a character who has a very limited view of the world, yet still get across all the powerful world building that we want to get in a fantasy novel. Dan, do you actually have that email? Were you going to read that to I us? I do. Um, I will read the uh, specific part of it, but we had uh, previously addressed the question, how do you make it clear that the weird aspects of your world are done on purpose rather than just being bad science? Which came from this guy. His name is Adam Beese. And uh, we answered that, but we didn't quite get as, as deep into it as he wanted. Um, he, he was talking more along. He says, I specifically wanted to deal with fantastic world building when dealing within a limited perspective. Something along the lines of seasons being only a few weeks long in the way of kings or the example of climate change discussed as an example of it being done too subtly. And then he gives an example from his own writing, which we thought was interesting. He says, I still have no idea how to write a story that has the visual range changes that come from taking place in a plane rather than a sphere as key plot points without taking readers that know about sphere-based visual range out of the story. Which, of course, we then had to generalize uh, because... <laughs> None of us know. Well, but the, yes, I mean, yeah, but... but the, operating, the operating principle here is that you have characters who, you know, for whom the world they are in is the world that they are in. Yeah. It's, you know, mm -hmm. asking the fish to tell you about yeah. water. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, yeah, you're writing about the trip down river from the point of view of the fish, and you want to be able to describe water to the reader. How do you accomplish that? This is really hard. Yes. Let's just put that out there saying, <laughs> I have said before that getting across um, world building without breaking up your story and making it boring is the grand skill of the science fiction fantasy writer. 
it is such an important skill that we've found all kinds of hacks to get around doing it, such as the Watson character or the scientist that's studying this so we have an excuse to explain it. These all work really well, but for this podcast, we're going to assume that none of those are available to you. You do not have a Watson character. You do not have your phone going off in the middle of... Oh, Of course you, not. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have a Watson. You, you have a character who's completely immersed in this bizarre world, and you need to get it across. So how do you do it? <laughs> we all stare at each other. One of the first things that I will do is I will treat the discovery of the discovery on the reader's part of key world-building elements as a fun reveal, and I will try and build the character's POV so that the reader is getting subtle clues about what it is that I want to teach, and then after a certain point, the reader will have enough information to know this one piece. Um, you know, oh I, am a, oh, I am a fish going downstream in a river. Uh, and... But that's that may not be the whole story I want to tell. You know, the story I may want to tell is, you know, the fish's relationship with the other fishes, not the fact that they're fish in water. Yeah, I ran into this with, um, uh, I can't remember the name of my own story, uh, but it's the, the story with the, the tidally locked moon, which yes. we've talked about right. in this before. And one of the things that I ran into over and over again was people wanting to know, well, you know, why... It, it just, why is the moon just hanging there? Why isn't it rising and setting? And attempting to explain through the point of view of a character for whom that was the natural order of the world. Yep. And the idea, it was just, so what I wound up having to do was actually spend way more exposition time on her observing the effect mm -hmm. than I would have done normally just because I had to spend that much time to go, no, no, really, this thing is happening. And I'm aware that it's strange, but this is the way it's happening. Well, another neat thing that you did in the, the later draft that we read was to have that character witness the eclipse that happens every day at noon. Right. Which was a way of describing very evocatively something else that the tidally locked Thing affects and so then we're getting the the sense of movement and we're understanding oh I understand what's going on now it's just very different than what I'm familiar with right but that that's an example of where I had to spend way more mm -hmm. time describing right. that than I would have for you know oh it's noon I wouldn't have to describe yes noon on but another. yes the way you did that in the story it was a it was it was a story important. It was a plot point. It was a significant event, and so the reader does not feel that right. you spent right. too much time explaining. But this. the reader is watching the story unfold, be, because, and that goes back to you know POV, right. which mm -hmm. is how to do it without breaking. And POV. in some ways, that was one of the hacks Brandon said we're not allowed to talk about because right. it was an outsider describing. Uh, this new culture's noontime let's, ritual. Let's, let's move on from this point, though, and talk about some other ways yeah. that we do it. Um, not so we don't get too mired. One of the things that the um, person brought up is that in the Stormlight Archive, um, we have a planet without axial tilt, and seasons don't happen the way that we imagine them on our on our planet. To them, when the the a season happens is oh, it got cold for a little while, it's winter now for a few weeks. And then when it's not cold anymore, 
It is not winter, and now we're calling it spring. This is a translation effect that I put up. I said, how am I going to get this across? Well, to a person speaking English, they would call winter the cold time. Yeah. So I'm going to translate what they say as the cold patch, as winter. And I did this to make it jarring. To, and I, then I made it incidental. This, these are the two things. So it's mentioned incidentally. I did not make it a plot point. I made it just something that they talk about so that when they say, oh, it looks like winter's going to be here for a few weeks. I hope that spring comes again in a couple of weeks. And when it does, it does, they're like, oh, good. And then it lapses back into winter. People who are paying attention are like, this is bizarre. I don't understand this, but this is how it works. Um, and that worked really well in the Stormlight Archive because those people who really know about seasons and weather and things like this say, oh, I know the astronomy of what's happening with this world. That is cool. For everyone else, it's just a bizarre aspect of the world. It doesn't influence the plot in a major way, and you just accept it for what it is. Yeah, and, and George R. R. Martin does this with, yeah. like, with the incredibly long winters. And one mm -hmm. of the things, actually, that I love about those books that people don't actually talk about is yeah. that it is a moonless planet. Yeah. And... And one of the ways that he deals with it, it it's, falls into the category of at no point does anyone ever say, there's no moon in the sky. Yes. Because, yeah. But he demonstrates it by having dark nights all the time. And if you're paying mm -hmm. attention, he never describes a moon and there's nothing lunar related in the language at any point mm -hmm. in the world building. And that's, you know, that's one of those things that a lot of times you have to accept that your readers... Some readers don't notice that it's yeah. a moonless planet, and you kind of have to accept that. And that's what I would say is a big part of this, is accept that for a lot of these things, it can't happen for your story, because your story, this is a major plot point. Right. So I guess the decision is, is this a major plot point or not? And if it isn't, you can make it incidental in these ways. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to go ahead and stop for the book of the week, which is going to be Howard. I do. In a, I, I don't want to say rare, it's a, uh, it's a currently unprecedented uh, turn of events. I have the opportunity to promote an audiobook of my own stuff. Yay! Yay! This, is, this, is, uh, this is amazing fun for me. Extraordinary Zoology, Tales from the Monsternomicon, Volume 1, uh, is a... Uh, it's a novella that I wrote for Privateer Press, and they, they've done an audiobook for it. And I'm, I'm really excited about this. The story itself is adventure fiction set in the Iron Kingdoms. It's a, it's a steampunk, steampunk-ish sort of setting. And it is the story of uh, a young, uh, I guess, graduate student in the Department of Extraordinary Zoology, uh, who is following a legendary professor uh, out into the woods to look at something new. And it's, uh, they, they're hoping it's something new, because if it's not, then it's something very, very old, and uh, they're in over their heads. Um, lots, lots and lots of fun to write. Uh, when I originally wrote it, uh, it was going to be uh, three 10,000-word uh, novelettes, um, but they're all bundled together as, uh, as one story. And you can get it at audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Start a 30-day free trial membership and get Extraordinary Zoology absolutely free uh, by me and narrated by Scott Aiello. This is really fun because if you guys have been following the podcast for the last, oh, eight years or whatever it is, or seven years six we've years. been doing, six years yeah. we've been doing this podcast, Howard has never been able to promote a book in audio form because... Yep. He hasn't had things published in prose that ended up in audio, and this so uh, this is your first chance. A thing, a thing that I have planned at, at risk of uh, 
stretching the ad out even further, a thing that I have planned is to listen to this audiobook while painting privateer press models so that I get to have somebody read my own fiction to me while I further embed myself in this, uh, in this universe. So. I was so hoping that what you were going to say was that a thing you have planned is a schlock mercenary audio play, but... <laughs> that Someday. Is... So, let's get back <laughs> that should to... Also How do they get it, Howard? <laughs> I already told them. Oh, Podcast.com. Okay. Let's get back to not breaking viewpoint <laughs> as we world build. All right. Well, you now, know, let me talk. Let me talk mm-hmm. a little bit about extraordinary zoology because yes. I, when I when I asked them about this book, uh, I said, you know, who are the who are the readers? Are the readers people who are already embedded in this setting, mm. or do I have to spend a portion of my thirty thousand words? Uh, getting people into the Iron Kingdoms setting. And what they told me was, um, well, uh, try and strike a balance uh, so, that, so that new readers won't be put off and, uh, and existing readers won't feel like they're being lectured to. And that was really, really hard work. And most of what it involved was taking a character and putting them in a situation where something that they observed was new and they could describe it, you know, they are observing a new thing that, you know, is new to them. Um, and there were enough characters in the story that we could pick up enough pieces that you could tell that you were in a steampunk setting with monsters. Yeah. One of the tricks that I use that is, is similar, because I, I run into this problem because um, I'm trying to write the glamorous history so you can step into the book at any point, is that if it is a plot point that is going to be important from a previous book that's going to be important with this one, then I will give my character a reason to think about it. Yep. Yeah, that you know, this is related into, to that seat, that moment. What I wanted to say is the number one thing I find with uh, young writers in my class, when their language gets stilted, and this world building is the same problem, it's because they are not properly following or expressing the motives of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they're not following the motives. Yeah. So the dialogue becomes controlled by the plot necessities rather than the character's own passions and natural inclinations. So if you can't want to world build and have it not feel stilted, not breaking viewpoint, then you want to ask yourself, how can the character motives align with getting the information across to the reader in such a way that it'll be a fun read. And if you can do this, you're going to be able to get these things across. Yeah, and one of the specific emo- questions that I ask you is, what emotion does my character feel about this piece of yeah. information that I'm about mm-hmm. to convey? Because if I can, honest, frankly, mask it with emotion, right. people won't notice that I'm slipping them world-building information. Right, exactly. You know, when we talked about pre-writing, there's a lot of pre-writing techniques that can be used for this. You know, um, if you're trying to find that right balance of how much information to convey and how far can this character push it, try three or four different ways Mm -hmm. and see what works. Say, I'm going to write this scene describing nothing, assuming that the reader knows everything, even though I know that they don't, and then see if it works. And then when that totally doesn't work, then alter your, your parameters a little bit and just 
try different things and see what feels right to you. Yeah. Now, of course, when Dan mentions pre-writing, he means, of course, the episode we will do in the future because as a time traveler, he's already listened to it. Yes. That'll be coming in a few Yeah, we, we will have done that episode in June. You guys, that episode's <laughs> going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait. Mary, you were going to say something? Uh, in the future, I was. Um, <laughs> Boy, I completely... Do you want me to tell you what it was? Because, <laughs> because you've already listened oh, to man. this episode. They loved that joke. <laughs> oh, thank heavens. Thank I would tell you, but uh, yeah. no spoilers. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So this is... Um, now, let, we should probably talk about a few of the hacks that you can use. Um, since I mentioned, I said you can't, but they are good hacks. Having someone from another culture interact with this thing works beautifully for doing this. Having a character who has a scientific or some sort of knowledge about this thing that they want to investigate is another beautiful way to accomplish this. Do you have any others? I do. Uh, okay. Analogies and idioms of the local culture. Oh, yes. Those are like gold. Oh, they're so good. Um, like I needed to, uh, I needed to have, uh, it was a fuzzy worm. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, and I, I said something along the lines of, uh, the 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 scarf was as red as a fuzzy worm on in in winter right and you know that immediately tells you or a fuzzy worm that's molted for for something i can't remember mm -hmm. exactly what it was but it tells you about what the fuzzy worm is so yeah. that when the fuzzy worm turns up later you're like oh this is a creature that turns red and i don't have to do quite as right. much work you can also mm -hmm. construct your story in such a way that this element is plot central mm -hmm. or central to a character so that it becomes it comes to the forefront yeah that was um, one of the moments that uh, uh the avengers movie did absolutely wrong and it was the point at which thor said oh you're fighting like bilge snipe what are bilge snipe oh they're and then he describes what they are and i remember mm -hmm. that moment of dialogue being a moment that felt like it was completely wasted because Thor could have used a different metaphor and actually told us something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and then you've got the Star Wars method where they will drop lines like that and then never explain them at all. Yeah, yeah. And Which, both of those are a little bit missed opportunities. Yeah. Granted, you will have some of those that you want to use, but yeah. Yeah. Although the fighting like bilge snipes in a certain context can say... That could have been wonderful. Because yeah. it could say, oh, bilge snipes are people who fight like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and, and actually, uh, uh, curses and uh, insults are yep. another really fantastic yeah. insults way. Insults are not used enough in this method. Yeah. Um, one of the, the the great ones actually is all of McCoy's insults to Spock uh -huh. tell you about how Vulcans are perceived. Right. They tell you about Vulcan physiognomy mm -hmm. and physiology. Yep. And it's like, and it's all world building that they're sneaking in as character. All right. Let's go ahead and do a writing prompt. Howard, do you have a writing prompt? I do. Come up with a really, really nifty, high-tech sort of setting with some sense of wonder and some cool bits that you would love to describe to a modern reader. And then have point-of-view characters be, uh, I, I don't want to say, you know, cavemen-type folk, but people who don't understand this stuff and have to be, you happen to be living among it um, and try to explain it to us from the perspective of somebody who will have no idea how it works but who takes it for granted. All right. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.